God of your past, your present, your future. He's the God of this moment right now. That's why we're here today. That's why we gather, sing songs, look at God's word, is because we believe God is here, amen? Uh, this isn't just a religious going through the motions. We believe we're meeting with the God of the universe, the one who hung the stars in the skies, that he hears your voices. One of my favorite things about uh, being together as a church family is hearing the voices of God's people. And you know why it's so amazing? It's not amazing because we all sound so great, right? Uh, it's not amazing because we sound like the people, these fine people on stage singing, right? We don't all sound like that. I don't sound like that. Some of you may know because my mic has been on accidentally sometimes. And I don't sound like these people up here. But what's amazing about worship through song is before God, your voice, yeah, your voice is like a fragrance unto him. Isn't that amazing? I think we would sing more if we really believed that. God loves to hear you praise him. He loves to hear you declare his faithfulness. And, and I love that too. So I'm so glad that you are here for that. Hey, my name is Tim. I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, if you're new to our church, we like to say it this way, that we are imperfect people who have been moved by the perfect love of Jesus. And man, I hope you've experienced that already with Bites Donuts. You gotta experience the love of Jesus with Bites Donuts. Come on, say amen to that with Luana's coffee and with people greeting you before you ever enter this space. I hope you've experienced the, the love of Jesus for you and I hope you continue to experience that. We want uh, more than just a conference that meets 52 times a year, we want you to connect. And so stay after, grab some more donuts, grab some more coffee. Uh, go to Starting Point, it's right through these double doors to the left, there's a sign right there. If you didn't register for that, you can stay. It's 30 minutes long, just a chance for you to meet with our staff, answer any questions you may have, and we'd love to connect you today. And so uh, make sure you do that. But hey, before we jump into the sermon, I get to do something really special and, and to invite a really special couple up on stage. And so I'm going to invite Victor and Jeanette Moore on stage. Would you guys welcome them on stage with me? Victor and Jeanette Moore. Victor is our production lead. Uh, he's usually up in the balcony. You can't see him. But he's making all of this work and doing so much in the week uh, to make all of this work. And we're so thankful for him and Jeanette. I got to officiate their wedding just almost a year ago. Yeah, so about to embark on one year anniversary. So you're experts on the whole marriage thing. And we just love them so much. Victor has been with our church for seven years. Phoenix Bible Church has existed seven years. I think I've missed more Sundays than this guy. Uh, he is one of the most faithful people that I know. And if any of you know Victor, you know that is true about him. And the reason we have him up here is because he's taking a job in San Diego. It should be all, right? All. No way, Victor, don't go. And we wanted to celebrate all that God has done in and through him and let him know we are going to miss him and Jeanette. See, Victor's one of those guys that's just steadfast. That's faith. We talk about the faithfulness of God. You see that resembled in a guy like Victor. And you see it every single Sunday. I get to see it behind the scenes. And he's the kind of guy who, he doesn't speak a lot, but when he says something, you listen. And he's been that way for seven years without fail. And so our church is not the same without Victor and Jeanette Mora. You need to know that. And so we just want to celebrate them. I'm going to invite my wife, Jaya, up. She's not crying at all, so that's not going to be awkward for her. <laughs> and we want to give you guys this gift, and there's more uh, gifts to come later. 
but we just want to pray for them. Uh, we want to send them off to San Diego. We're, we're sad to, to lose you guys, but we're so excited for what God's going to do in and through you in this next season. Amen? Amen. So would you just lift your hand out as symbolic support of them and pray with me? Would you just do that for them so they can see their church families behind them as they are commissioned out today? I'm going to pray over them and pray over our time together. Father in heaven, I thank you for Victor and Jeanette. God, I thank you for bringing them to Phoenix Bible Church. God, I thank you just for so many images that I have in my mind of, of Victor and memories of him building a platform for a soundboard every single Sunday when we met at a school. For him showing up in the wee hours of the morning on Easter to make sure everything runs smoothly. For the times when he does speak up and speak for profound truth and love and, and resemble you, his faithful father. God, you have shaped so much of our church, so much of the life change, so much of the imperfect people moved by the perfect love of Jesus as a direct result of how you've moved in and through Victor and Jeanette's life. And we're so thankful for it. We celebrate that. Uh, and God, we send them out for more of the same. So God, I pray that you would help them. You would protect their marriage in this transition. You would take care of logistics. You would go before them. They would know that they can trust you. And God, you would use them mightily for your mission. Love, love moves, and it happens to be moving them to California. And we're so excited to see what you're going to do in the midst of that. God, I pray as we look at your word and as we look at your word in light of your faithfulness and seeing that through your church, seeing that through your word, you would give us eyes to see. God, you would sharpen our minds. You would soften our hearts to everything you want to say to us everything that you want us to do in light of what you say. God, help us today. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Would you give it up for these guys one more time as they exit the stage? Yeah. We love you guys. Be sure to say hello to them, goodbye to them, uh, and let them know you'll be praying for them even as they head out. Michael, you can bring that up there. That's fine. Hey, you guys can have a seat. Uh, a little bit different today, not just with two services, but with sending these guys out. But, man, we wouldn't miss it. Our uh, greatest value is not the production or programming of this service. Our greatest value is people, uh, the spirit of God moving in, the people of God. And so, man, we're so glad, if you're new, that you got a, a peek behind the curtain uh, today with us. But, hey, I am excited to start a new series today entitled Bold as a Lion. Oh, uh, we're talking about temptation and we're talking about overcoming temptation in the righteousness of Christ. And, and here's the reality about temptation is we all deal with temptation. Every single day we are in a fight called temptation. We see it in James chapter 1 when it says, when you are tempted, do this. Not if you are tempted. You're all going to be tempted. And so let me just free some of you guys from some posturing and some pretense this morning. Like every single person, the persons that are on this stage, the persons that are sitting next to you, they struggle, they fight against temptation. And, and here's the goal of acknowledging that. It's not to wallow in the temptation or be defeated by the temptation. Well, everybody struggles with it, so I might as well give in to it. No, 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 it's the exact opposite. We acknowledge that we're all in the same fight of temptation so we can overcome it. Together, the people of God, by the Spirit of God, we can be people who overcome temptation. But here's what I know. Many of us, as we look at temptation in our lives, we don't feel like overcomers. Right? 
In fact, as I was preparing for this series, even just over this summer, this verse kept coming to mind. Proverbs 28, verse 1. It says, the wicked flee even though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. I mean, that verse just stuck in my head over and over because I think for so many people, like if we were to take a poll this morning, like how many of you want boldness in your life? How many of you want confidence in your life? How many of you want freedom in your life? I think all of us would say, yeah, Tim, sign me up for that. Absolutely. But then we would say like, but do you have it? And we'd say, well, no, no, I don't. And the reason if you boil it down would be temptation. You're not overcoming it. It has overcome you. And not just once, but like for the last five years, the last 15 years, the last 50 years. And you know what that temptation is. And when we're raising our hands in service, you're like, I'm not boldly proclaiming freedom today. I'm feeling stuck in failure in my temptation. And so we want to talk about how could it not be that way? How can we as Christians be bold as a lion in the face of temptation? How can we be equipped to do that with the righteousness of Christ? So that's where we're headed over the next four weeks. We hope you come back for the next four weeks. We hope you engage in this time. We've given you this study journal. Did you guys get this? Can you hold it up for me? Hopefully you got this when you walked in. Yeah. Uh, We'd love for you to take notes in here. There's blanks for notes for you to do that and engage fully in this time, as well as midweek reflections for you to pick up with this time during the week. We want to help you, equip you to overcome temptation with this series, with this study journal, with the word of God. So we invite you to lean in uh, for this moment this morning. But hey, today's uh, sermon title as we get this thing started is Discovering Overcoming. So if you take notes, discovering, overcoming. And here's our first point. If we're going to overcome temptation, we need to be aware of the plot behind temptation. We need to be aware that there's a plot behind temptation. Now, just as a baseline with temptation, like being tempted is not sinful. Right? Jesus was tempted 40 days in the wilderness. It's not a sin for you to be tempted. It's when you give into that temptation that it becomes sin, right? That's how temptation works. And so you might think, well, hey, the, the plot behind temptation, Tim, it's pretty simple. It's to get me to sin. It's to get me to, to be tempted to lie and then I actually lie. It's be tempted to, to lust or to click here or to, to commit an, an adultery against my wife or against my husband. And if I actually do it, then that's sin. And, and that's the goal. That's the plot of temptation. And, and it hurts me and it hurts other people. That's the plot. It's pretty simple. But as we look at the Bible, it's bigger than that. Uh, we see at the very first temptation, at the beginning of our Bibles, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Listen to what it says. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God has made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say, that's going to be key. Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? See, in the very beginning, God says, hey, you can have everything, enjoy all my creation, the fullness of what I've made, just don't eat of this one tree. And you notice the crafty serpent, Satan, comes along and says, hey, don't, don't just try this apple. What about not trusting God? Did God really say this? It's not about just trying the apple or not. Like, was the apple delicious? What kind of apple? Fiji apple? Like, what are we talking about? Gala apple? What we t- he didn't get into the specifics of the apple. Did you notice? He didn't talk about the apple at all. He said, did God really say 
See, here's a simple definition if you're taking notes for temptation. It's an invitation to trust someone or something over and above God. That's temptation. Is it to get you to sin? Is that the plot to get you to sin? Yeah, it's part of it. Is it to get you to hurt yourself and other people in your sphere of influence? That's part of it. But the ultimate plot is that you would trust someone, something over and above God. Because if, if Satan, if your flesh, if the world can get you at that point, you're full on into temptation and sin. That's the key that unlocks the path of sin, the path of destruction in your life. Do you trust God or do you trust that other thing? Is God going to fulfill you? That's what he told Adam and Eve. Hey, everything here, you enjoy it. As Michael was talking about, God wants you to put a smile on your face. God wants fullness for you. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore, Psalm 16 says. God wants your joy. He gave Adam and Eve all the privilege and all the opportunity to, to experience the fullness of joy in his creation. But this one tree, don't go there. That's not in your best interest. That's not for your joy. And Satan comes along and says, hey, you're sure you can trust that God? Maybe he's holding out on you. Maybe that tree, that's actually where fullness lies. And listen, that's the same thing that the, the crafty serpent is doing today. It hasn't changed. The plot remains the same. That in your life, as you see that greed, that money, that materialism, it's not just like, hey, work hard, get yours, be ambitious. Hey, Dodgecoin, Bitcoin, should I, I mean, it's not just those things, like take care of your family. It's not just that. It's, hey, if I don't get mine and take everybody out in my way, will God provide for me? Does God really care about my family and my future? So then I'll get mine and take everybody out along the way. It's not just like, hey, should I have sex with this other person that's not my spouse? It's not just should you click on that hashtag or that link or that image. It's not just that. It's not just that simple moment or action. It's about allegiance. It's about trusting, God, do you want good things for me? Did you say sex within marriage for a man and woman, that that is fullness? That's a good thing. Did, did you really say that? Is that really true? And then we have the decision to make. Do we believe it? Do we trust God? Or do we trust ourselves or Satan or our flesh or the world or that image? And we go after that and say, well, no, maybe God is holding out on me. And maybe there's pleasure in variety. And that's how we're, and if God, God, he wouldn't have made bodies like that if he didn't want me to look at them. And you, it's a battle of trust. It's not just actions. Every time, listen, every time you're tempted and you give in to sin, it's not just actions, it's allegiance. Do you think about that? When you lust, when you lie, when you're greedy, when you're prideful, does that cross your mind? Who am I trusting? God or this thing? Right? And so, first step to overcoming temptation, are you aware are you aware of the ultimate plot? I, I know uh, the other day I was 
uh, at a crosswalk in downtown Phoenix. Our church office is in downtown Phoenix, so I'm at a crosswalk a lot. And, you know, there's different ways to walk across a crosswalk, right? Uh, there's, of course, the simple way of, like, when the walk symbol's on, you walk, right? Who does that? Come on. I'm downtown a lot. I'm at a lot of crosswalks. And what I see often is, is these people who probably work downtown and know downtown, live downtown, and, and they know it really well, and they know the, the sequence of the light rail and the traffic really well. And so they'll see that the no-walk sign is on, and yet what do they do? Like a boss, they walk across that crosswalk. And I'm just like, oh, I'm kind of amazed. I'm in awe. I'm like, wow, you're not even looking for cars, right? You're not even checking the light rail. And you've got AirPods in, like noise canceling, so you don't hear it. And there's, that's the way to do the crosswalk for some people. But, but for some people, hey, we're not, we're not that confident, that courageous, that dumb. Um, and so we'll kind of, like, we're nervous, but, like, maybe we're talking to somebody, and we'll get at the beginning of the crosswalk, but we kind of accidentally kind of step out in the road just a little bit, and a car whizzes by you, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even realize it was, anybody done that? Yeah. And you're like, oh, my gosh, and you step back a little bit, and you're like, I'm definitely waiting for the walk sound. Like, that was kind of scary. Uh, I think there's different ways people do crosswalks. I saw something the other day that I've never seen before at a crosswalk. Right in front of me, there was three elderly people, and they were standing can we get this on video? They were standing like three feet in the road. You ever seen anybody do that at a crosswalk? Like in a downtown urban context? They were standing like three feet in the road and they were just, these three elderly people, they were just talking, mucking it up together, laughing together. And I'm, kinda, I'm standing back here because I'm not that crazy and I'm watching this and I see like cars are whizzing by. Like the stop sign symbol was on and cars are whizzing by them but they didn't take a step back they kept talking and mucking it up and laughing with one another even though like cars like the wind I was thinking they're elderly how old are they like what what senses are functioning here like eyes can they see the cars like the smell can they smell the exhaust coming right by them can they feel like the the rear mirror grazing their elbow it was like that, I promise you. And it did not phase them. Now listen, by God's grace, the symbol turned to walk and they walked across the street and didn't die. Listen, how many of us, that's how we live our lives with temptation. There's a plot. There's, did you notice it said crafty serpent? It's crafty. It's not direct. It's deceptive. There's a plot there's a harmful plan. That's what a plot is, a harmful secret plan that's out to get you, to not trust God, to trust yourself, to trust that sin over and above God. And some of y'all are just out in the street and cars are whizzing by you and you're about to get hit and you're just, <laughs> you're just mucking it up. And you don't even know, you're not even aware. Are you aware of the fight that you're in? Are you aware that there is an enemy that's out to steal, kill, and destroy in your life? Are you aware of that? You will only be able to fight temptation if you're aware of the plot behind the temptation. Right? Here's the second thing. If we're going to overcome temptation, we need to become an expert in the path of temptation. Become an expert in the path of temptation. Listen to what it says in James chapter 1, verses 14 through 15. It says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. 
Here's what James is showing you. He's so great with illustrations. He's showing you there's a path of temptation. Do you see it? It's the life cycle. It's conception, birth, growing up. James says, hey, sin never ends where it begins. It's not just that moment. It leads you down a path. That word, that action, that, action, that giving in, it puts you on a path. Right? All of Scripture shows us that. Proverbs shows us that. Psalms, there's always a path. Every decision leads to a destiny. And James is going to say, here's what it's like. It's like the temptation comes, then it gives birth to sin, and then it grows up into death. And so as you picture your temptation, you can do that in church. Some of you feel like, well, that's dirty, Tim. No, I'm going to like picture your temptation. What is that for you? And as it gives birth to sin, and as it leads to death, Think about when you gave into that temptation that you're thinking about right now, did it go away or did it get stronger? When you gave into the temptation, because this is the fallacy, right? This is how the crafty serpent, this is how we can deceive ourselves. If I just, the temptation is so strong to lust, to lie, to be greedy, to be prideful. It's so, to gossip. I just, I can't help. It's so strong. And you think, if I just give into it, release, then I'll feel better, then I'll be free. What actually happens? Put you on a path. You just need more of it. It's just more bondage. It's not freedom. And James is going to say it's death. Now, every time you sin, you don't instantly die, right? Like, that's why you're here today. You didn't instantly die. And so how, how does it work? Well, for some of you, Something dies every time you sin. For some of you, it's fellowship with God. And immediately you're like, well, I can't read my Bible. I can't pray. Well, I can't pray with my wife. Why? It's that sin that's hanging over your head. Any of you been there, men? I think for men, for husbands, Satan uses sin in your life to cripple you as you lead your family. Why don't you pray? Why don't you read your Bible? I, I don't, how could I do that? I mean, I just yelled at my kids two hours ago. I can't. It's a crafty serpent. It's not direct. It's deceptive. And, and it starts to inhibit you from following God and leading your family. And something dies in you. Boldness, the confidence. For some of you, it's your marriage that just kind of slowly dies. And you had some conflict and some pride in your marriage and, and selfishness in your marriage. And, and you both didn't physically die. But, but your marriage, if you're just honest today, it's slowly dying. You don't pursue each other anymore. You don't connect with one another anymore. It's slowly dying because sin never ends where it begins. It always leads to something. It puts you on a path. And you need to be an expert in what that path is. You need to be an expert in what that path is. If I do this, where is it going to lead? And you need to see downstream and see the eventual pain, not just the pleasure of the moment. And as you see the pain, like, I could give in to this lust, but is it worth my marriage? I could give in to this pride, but is it worth all my relationships? I could post this on Facebook, and everybody would think I'm awesome, and I could drop the mic, but where would it leave me with my Christian witness? Anybody? See downstream, see the path. It starts with a temptation. It gives way to sin and eventually something in you dies and it may be your integrity and it may be your boldness. But man, you know this is true and you just need to see ahead. 
I see so many people and maybe it's just obvious for them, like this death, it's like addiction, like they're full on. They gave in and it led to that and it's addiction, it's full on. Maybe some of you are there today. Maybe for some of you it is adultery. Maybe it's scandal and financially and all these other things. And maybe it's clear for you and you're seeing the path. But maybe for some of you it's more subtle than that. Maybe some of you it's just like, hey, I mean, I know like pride is a big deal, but I mean, everybody kind of just has something to say. And like, if I don't, if I don't speak up, like I'm going to get taken out. And like, I just, you start coming up with excuses. You start getting subtly cold in services like these when we're calling you to sing out and declare this before God. We're calling you, hey, open up a journal, get out your Bible. And you're like, ah, I don't, I kind of like put my arm around uh, my chair. Like I'm just kind of relaxed. Sunday's my day of leisure. Like, I don't know if I need to get out my Bible Hey, hey, serve in, in the Christian life. Hey, share your faith. Hey, lead your family. And you're like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I have what it takes. And you've fallen asleep at the will in the Christian life. You're slowly dying. Your boldness has been robbed of you. And it's because you haven't t- taken that temptation seriously. You haven't seen down the road of where it leads. You're like, well, Tim, I'm not off in addiction. I'm not committing adultery It's slowly killing your fellowship with God. It's slowly killing your impact with others. Some of you are there right now, and you need to become an expert in that path. Listen, the path knows you. Do you know the path? The path knows you. Satan knows you. The world knows you. It's got an algorithm that's better than Amazon, Google, and Facebook combined. It knows you. Do you know the path? Listen to what James says. He says that that you were lured and enticed. This is hunting. This is fishing language. I I grew up in East Texas, and I fished a lot. My parents had land. We fished on ponds and had all these different lures. And there were different colors and flashy things and spinning things and, and worms and all these things to catch different kind of fish. And there was all these attractive, seemed nourishing things to these fish. But those lures were lies. Fishing is kind of cruel when you think about it, right? Those lures were lies. Why? Behind all the color, behind all the flash, behind all the attraction and the nourishing thing that would attract me as the trout, as the bass. Behind all that, what is there? A really sharp hook. Those lures are lies. Listen. Those lures are custom-made for certain types of fish. Did you know you have custom-made temptations for you? You're lured, enticed. There's a hunting. There's a fishing that's happening. And it's with you. Do you know that? Do you know what that is? There's an algorithm for you, for your bents. For your areas where you're prone to wonder, for the areas in your life that you have grown cold to, that you, if you're honest, you're like, man, I used to confess that immediately when it happened, but now just, I go a few days without confessing that sin. Satan knows that. He's got an algorithm on you. Part of what we did on sabbatical is uh, went to Florida and the beginning of July, it was a terrible idea. It was like Swampville. I mean, that place is so hot and humid. Like the dry heat in Phoenix, you're like, that is a dry heat. Right? It gave perspective on that, right? And we were in Florida, and I, I, I was wrestling. Some of you know, like, uh, sabbatical, sabbatical was very resting, but it was also a lot of wrestling for me. 
There's a lot of things. It's like, uh, should I do this or that? Should I recalibrate my life in this way, like affirming my calling? There's a lot of wrestling of like, should I try this? Is this worth it? Is this not worth it? Do I need to remove this from my life? Do I need to add this uh, f- for my life? And one big thing for that uh, sabbatical that I was doing that with was my beard. <laughs> Right? At the beginning of July, I was thinking, should I grow a beard or not? It's very dramatic, right? And so I started while we were in Florida, in the Swampville of Florida, I started trying to grow this thing on my face. Horrible decision, right? I was walking around with my kids and the heat and the humidity, and my face felt like it was on fire. All the time. Have you ever grown a beard like those first couple weeks? And I'm just like, how do people do this? Like, Michael, what, how do you do this thing? And like, I don't think I'm going to make it. And like, y'all, y'all probably thought like I thought about other things in my sabbatical. I did too, like deeper things. But it was partly like, should I grow this beard or not? And can I make it through this beard? And so one day I went on Amazon. I was desperate and I ordered some beard cream. Anybody can testify to that? It was helpful. I, it like soothed things and cooled things off. I was like, okay, I can do this. I can make it a couple more months. But listen, let me just tell you, as soon as I ordered that beard cream on Amazon, for the next three weeks, all I got was advertisements asking me to join a beard club. I didn't know they existed. <laughs> asking me to buy beard oil. Asking me to get some beard supplements. Again, didn't know that was a thing. In the next three weeks, what dominated my Amazon searches was beards. Satan, the world, and your flesh, way better algorithm than that. It know like that one time, I just slipped up, Tim. I just, I mean, it's just kind of, I got it under control, Tim. You have no idea. You have no idea. There's a path. And the enemy knows that path. He is an expert in it. Are you? Do you know the path? That if you give into that sin one time, that it's going to put you on? Do you know the path? Do you know the way it's, it's killing you and your relationships, your boldness? You need to become an expert in the path. What is luring you? You need to ask this today. What is enti- Maybe write that in your notes right now and think about it later. What is enticing me? Where am I weak? What's the path for me? You become an expert in that so you can fight against it by the spirit of God, by the righteousness of Christ. You need to know the path. You need to become an expert in it if you're going to overcome temptation. Here's the last thing. We need to overcome temptation by taking hold of God's provision to overcome the temptation. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. Some of you need to hear that today. God is faithful even in your temptation. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. I love it. We get the character of God, he's faithful. And we get the commitment of God, he provides a way of escape. Do you see that? This is how good God is. He's faithful in his character and in his commitment. He doesn't just say he's faithful, he shows you he's faithful. That as appealing as that temptation is, as that lure that's enticing you is, he's also given you a way of escape, a door, an exit strategy, a way out. Because listen, whatever temptation you were in this morning, whatever sin you were facing, whatever is custom made for you, maybe it is lies, maybe it is pride, gossip, deceit, whatever it is for you, 
in the midst of that temptation, no matter how many years you've struggled with it, 5, 15, 50, God is still for you. God still loves you. And he is making provision for you to overcome that temptation. Amen? Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is faithful? Some of you say, Tim, I've been on the hook so long. I don't, I don't see any way out of this. I, I, mean, I see that sin and I, I see it clearly. I don't see the door of escape that you're talking about when it comes to lust. I don't see the door of escape when it, when it comes to gossip. Some of you, it's religious pride. Some of you, this entire sermon, as I've said, lust and pride and gossip and greed and slander, you're like, I don't struggle with any of those things. I guess I'm in the clear. Let's go watch football. And listen, you struggle with religious pride. And it may have a harder, a stronger grip on you than any of those other things combined for other people. Jesus had some of his harshest words for religious people. Whitewashed tombs, he called them. Now, you look good on the outside. You got some respectable sins. Things that people don't think are alienating. Things that people won't judge, but... Yeah, on the inside, I mean, it's some deep wounds there. And we all have these things, and, and it could be easy to think, like, yeah, the hook is so far in, I didn't even see it. If you've ever been fishing, sometimes you don't hook the mouth, you hook the eye. I know that's a little graphic. Sorry, I grew up in Texas. Sometimes you hook the eye. Some of you got a hook in your eye, and you're like, no, I'm, I'm fine. My mouth is clear, good. Bro, your eye, <laughs> your eye has a hook in it. You're like, I can't even see the religious pride. I can't see this sin anymore. And God's brought you here today, listen, to, to show you his commitment as he's faithful, faithful to you in the, midst of his tempt, in the midst of this temptation. His commitment is to give you a way out. It's still there. But you have to take hold of it. Now, we're going to get into this over the course of this series, like how do we take hold of it? We're going to talk about the word of God. We're going to talk about the spirit of God. We're going to talk about the people of God. And, and I would just say briefly today, you do need the word of God to fight temptation. Jesus, the son of God, needed the word of God to fight temptation. You look at the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, 40 days, and every time he's tempted by Satan, what does he say? It is written. It is written. It is written. Do you know the word of God? Are you studying the word of God? Did you get a Bible when you walked in? Did you get a study God? Are you thinking, I'm just going to go put this somewhere in my car, probably lose it after this? Like, just be honest, that's what you're thinking. Or am I going to take this with me, stick it in my Bible, look at the midweek reflections in the week, go back to the word of God so I can fight this temptation? That's a door of escape. That's a way of escape. That's what God has given you. Some of you are like, I don't see the way of escape. It's the Bible. It's the word of God. Are you using it? Are you taking hold of it? Are you reading it during the week? Are you studying it? Do you know what it says? Because again, Satan does. And he'll use it against you. Do you know what it actually says? You need the word of God. Listen, we want to give you the word of God. We have these in the shelves in the back every single Sunday. We want to give you one of these. If you don't have one, if you're thinking I lost one, we want to give this to you. It would do nothing more uh, than give me just the greatest pleasure that if we had to order another 250 of these because we gave them all out. 
I want you to take one. So our host team has these after service for you to take one and study it. Go find them and say, give me that and take hold of the Bible. That's your door. That's your way of escape. It's the spirit of God. Romans 8 says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Some of you think, I can't see the door. I can't see the way of escape, the hook so far in. And it's because you are trying to see it. You need the Holy Spirit of God. Here's the reality. You can't overcome temptation. I know that's in the series graphic. You can't do it. But the Spirit of God through you can. And some of you think, well, I'm too far gone. I got, the hook has been in for a long time. I'm too far down that path, down that road. Are you far enough down that road where you're actually dead? Because the scriptures tell us, Romans 8 tells us, the Holy Spirit raised Christ from the dead. He can raise you out of your temptation, out of that sin. The Holy Spirit can do that. Are you walking by the Spirit? Are you simply white-knuckling your sin, excusing it, minimizing it? Are you walking by the Spirit of God? Are you tapping into that power that raised Christ from the dead? For, for some of you, you need to ask, do I have the Spirit of God? Some of you, you come to church, you go through the motions, you're like, yeah, I got one of those Bibles, I don't need one of those. And, but temptation's taking you out all the time. And if you're honest, you're like, man, I, I've never submitted my life to God. I grew up in the church, I was born in a pew. I don't have access to that Holy Spirit. Some of you need to, for the first time today, receive the Holy Spirit of God. So you can overcome temptation. You can't do it by yourself. And the last thing is the word of God. It's the spirit of God. It's the people of God. Any of you that have ever fished, have you ever seen a fish spit the hook out of its mouth? If you have, like, tell us about it. We should write a story, send it in somewhere. Guinness Book of World Records, like, you ever seen a fish spit out a hook himself? No. How do you get the fish, the hook out of the fish? You get it out. You might have to get some pliers because you're like, that thing's deep in there. Some of y'all are just traumatized by all these fishing examples. I'm sorry about that. You need some pliers to get that thing out. You need some, how, how ludicrous would it be to think that fish is going to be like, I'm going to get this out myself. How ludicrous is it for you to think I'm going to get this lust out by myself. I'm going to get this pride out by myself. This gossip, this religious pride, this selfishness, this money and materialism and greediness I have in my life. I'll just give me a little bit more time. I'm just going to, I can do it. No, you can't. How crazy is that, right? But how many of us, that's the way we live our lives. Even right now, you're thinking, I'm not going to talk to anybody about this. My private thing. God has given you a way out and it's the people of God. It's the church of Jesus Christ. Not to judge you, not to shame you, but to help save you from yourself and from your sin. So the other day I was hiking Paestoa Peak in Phoenix. And I just hit the summit and I was coming down and there was a guy just a little bit down the way and he said, kind of yelled up at me. I had my AirPods noise canceling and I didn't want to talk to people on the hike, but I took them out and I said, hey, yeah, what do, what do you need? And he's like, hey, do you know which way to get back down? And I was like, yeah, you wrap around the left and then you go down and you'll see the bars and you just take that way down and you'll be good. And I could tell he, he didn't, I don't know if it was like my physique or just I didn't look like a hiker. <laughs> Because he kind of doubted me, I'll just be honest with you. He's kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. 
And he kind of walked off a little bit and he started to go, to go to the right. And the right is like where you just go down off the cliff. It's clearly not the way. And so I start walking down, he comes back, he's like, man, I hate to bother you, but like, I, really, I, I don't see it. I mean, it looks like this is the only way down. And I finally just said to him, like, again, <laughs> okay. Um, I was like, bro, come with me, I'll show you the way, right? And we went and we hung a left, just like I said. Right? And I said, you come with me, and we hiked down together. Some of you are like, man, I can't, I can't see the way out. I can't see the way out. And you need somebody else to say, hey, let's lock arms. I'll show you the way. Let's go together. That's the reason we have the church. Amen? That's the reason we come to a gathering. That's the reason why we love online and say, watch when you miss it and if you're sick and those things. But come. That's the reason why we say stay for starting point for 30 minutes. That's the reason why we do these connect nights. That's the reason why we have community groups and a community group class starting up next week. Some of you, the most spiritual, the most overcoming act you can take today to overcome that temptation is sign up for a CG class that starts next week. Is stay for a starting point is come to one of our PBC nights this semester. I'm so excited. We're doing a a single and dating uh, night at the end of September. We're doing a a parenting night in October, a married night. And it's all on Monday nights, specifically targeted at at you in that season of life, your temptations and how you can cling to truth. And some of you, the the most spiritual thing you can do is just sign up and say, I'm going to take a step of faith. And I'm going to walk with the people of God. And this isolated place isn't getting me anywhere. This hook is too deep. I need some other people to help me get it out. Some of you, that's going to be your door of escape. For some of you, that's the provision God has made. And you need to take hold of that today. Will you? There's only two options. There's the temptation and there's the truth. There's the sin and the Savior. There's the, the pain or the provision. Which one are you going to take hold of? So I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Uh, We're going to do something. I said a couple weeks ago, we're going to open up the altar. I I believe God is calling some of you to take a step of faith. And maybe it's just coming down here and kneeling down where nobody sees you. But you just need to say, hey, I'm tired of being isolated. I'm tired of trying to handle this on my own. and And I need to come before God and ask for help. I need to confess this sin. I need to acknowledge the path that I'm on. I don't want to die. I don't want my marriage to die. I don't want my character to die. And some of you, it is. And you, you need to just say, I don't, I'm, I'm running. This is a place of freedom, not posturing. And I'm going to come down to the altar and I'm going to pray and ask God. I'm going to confess that sin before him. Some of you need to pray and receive Christ. Some of you are trying to fight this battle with a water gun or nothing at all because you don't have the Holy Spirit of God within you. And some of you may need the people of God. And yeah, sign up for the starting point, CG class and those nights. But some of you may just say, right now, I need to talk to somebody. I need to ask for prayer. I know Jesus. I have the Holy Spirit, but I I need some help. I need some people to walk alongside me. And Pastor AC is walking down here right now. He's going to be down here to pray with you if you'd like somebody to pray with. I'm going to be down on this side as well. We'd love to just pray with you. You need to take hold of God's provision in your life. You can, by the power of the Spirit, through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, you can overcome temptation. But you got to take hold of his provision. Let's pray as we close. Father in heaven, 
God, I thank you for these men and women. I thank you for a place like church where we can come together and we can acknowledge that we're imperfect people and we need the perfect love of Jesus to invade our lives. God, I, I, I know this morning because I know myself that none of us are immune from temptation, that all of us are on a path. And God, you want to save us from that path of destruction and death. God, you want to preserve marriages. You want them to flourish in Jesus' name. God, you, you want to preserve impact. You want people to flourish in Jesus' name. God, one of the biggest things you said in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus, you said, I came to set captives free. That's your character. That's your commitment. So, God, as we, as we hear that, God, I pray that we would feel the, the freedom to, to take that door, to take that exit, that way of escape in the midst of temptation to lock arms with other people, to leave the pretense and posturing behind so that we might recapture and rediscover an overcoming, a boldness in your son Jesus that you have called us to, you have provided a way for. So God, I pray just right now as every head is bowed and every eye is closed that you would just help us to respond, God. If we need to receive you for the first time, God, I pray that we would confess our sin to you and just tell you, Jesus, I believe in you. I give my sin to you. I give my life for you. I've never done that before, but I, I give it to you. I want, I want the freedom that you promise. I want the forgiveness that you promise. And God, may these people just be so bold as to say that for the first time and maybe come to an altar and tell a pastor and begin to walk in that freedom and boldness with you. And God, I pray for the Christians in the room. We would just respond today that if we've fallen asleep at the wheel and we're just honest about that and we're just growing cold we're just going numb to the sin we would cry out before you today we would ask for help we'd lock arms with some other people to help us get the hook out so we can experience more of your goodness and more of your freedom in our life God I pray that we would respond now in the name of Jesus Amen Hey, would you stand and sing with us even now as we respond? Would you stand and sing? The altars are open. If you feel led to come, we pray that you would come. If you just need to kneel by yourself, we pray that you would come. If you just need to kneel where you are, we pray that you would respond. Don't wait. Freedom and boldness is available to you even now. <laughs>